One hour down here on First Take, brought to you by Bet365. Steve Geller along with Charlie Long and Cullen Steele running master control. Got that community coffee now flowing through the body, Charlie. Feeling that caffeine burn. I got the uh, the calculator burning here, Steve. <laughs> so just <laughs> give me a second. And I'm, I'm almost got these full numbers out because it is very, very close between the Saints and Falcons for who has the easier schedule. Charlie Long always burning up the stats, getting ready for Atlanta Falcons hosting the New Orleans Saints today. A noon kickoff right here on WWL Saints Radio. The black and gold coming off a loss before the bye week in Minnesota. Our 5-5 five and five right now. Still atop the NFC South, though, ahead of the 4-6 and six Dirty Birds and also Tampa Bay 4-6 and six as well, who is playing at Indianapolis, Indianapolis this week, right? Correct. All right, Charlie, hit us with these numbers now on how pathetic the Falcons' schedule is compared to the Saints' easy schedule. It is exactly one game worse. <laughs> okay. One game easier, technically. One so, game easier. And, and I was just double-checking. I was just like, wait, how does this happen? Because the Jets played on Thanksgiving, or on Friday, on Black Friday. Right. But then I remembered that Detroit played on Thanksgiving, so it just averages up to a perfect number here. So the Falcons' remaining strength of schedule ends up with a 27-45 and 45 total record. The Saints end up with a 28-44 and 44 record. So there's one game worse. I'm going to go through both. Starting with the Saints, they play at Atlanta, who's 4-6. and six. Detroit at home, who's 8-3. and three. Carolina at home, who's off to a terrible 1-9 start. The Giants and Danny DeVito at <laughs> home, who are 3-8 and eight after a very surprising win a couple weeks back. At Los Angeles, the Rams, 4-6 uh, and six record on Thursday Night Football. At Tampa Bay, 4-6 and six record. And Atlanta at home, a 4-6 and six record. The only team with a winning record that the Saints play is Detroit at that 8-3 and three record. Now, on the Falcons' side of things, they don't play a single team with a winning record. The best teams that they play, the Saints twice who with a 5 and 5 record and the Indianapolis Colts with a 5 and 5 record. So I'm going to go through their schedule real quick. New Orleans 5 and 5 at the Jets and either Zach Wilson or Tim Boyle or whoever they got playing quarterback, who knows. The Jets are 4 and 7. Uh Tampa Bay 4 and 6, Carolina once again at Carolina 1 and 9, Indianapolis 5 and 5 at home and then at Chicago who's 3 and 8 and at New Orleans at 5 and 5. So this game is ginormous for the Falcons because you, if you're a Falcons fan, you're seeing a lot of winnable games. And I know that the Falcons have underperformed this year. They've lost three straight. They're now four and six on the season. That they, seems to be the mantra of the NFC South, just underperform yes, in 2023. Well, I mean, I think a lot of people kind of expected the NFC South to be the worst division in football. <laughs> uh, but this this is why this game is so important for the Saints because if you look at it, we've talked about how easy the Saints, how favorable the Saints' schedule is, and maybe they could go five and two in this final seven-game stretch, six and one at the Stars align, you know, something like that. Um, the Falcons are thinking the same. The Falcons are thinking that it lines up for them still to potentially win anywhere from four to six games in the stretch. Uh, and then at that point, you're in a total dogfight for the <laughs> NFC South. Now, you know, once again, looking at the Falcons' schedule, if they're able to pick up this win against the Saints at the Jets and who knows what quarterback they're going to be playing, uh, hosting Tampa Bay, a team that they beat a couple weeks ago, despite Desmond Ritter fumbling in the red zone like three separate times in that game. They wanted to give the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that game. Right. And Tampa was just like, eh, no, I don't want it. You can, you can take it. <laughs> Uh, and then Carolina, and then the the other team that they play that's at 500, Indianapolis. So it is. I mean, these these are two really favorable schedules. Uh, this game decides a lot as far as positioning in the NFC South, in my opinion. Yeah, I just especially want to see the Saints come out with that extra bit of edge in this matchup because of who you're playing. Uh, coming out of a bye week where you should be rested. I know the they're without guys like a Marshawn Lattimore. 
a Michael Thomas yes. going to injured reserve, which which hurts the lineup. But I don't think it's anything that is so detrimental that they're not able to still be successful on the offense or defensive side of the ball, even though both guys are key pieces. Well, it's all about, I mean, we kind of mentioned this in the last hour, it's all about the slow starts that they've had. I mean, if, if you can get off to a faster start, this is an Atlanta offense that ranks bottom 10 in the NFL in points per game. Now, I know the Saints aren't that much better. Like, they're, they're only averaging just under three more points per game than the Falcons are, but the Falcons are less than 19 points per game this year. That's 24th in the NFL. So if you're the Saints defense and you're going against Desmond Ritter, who's just getting his job back, I know he suffered a concussion, and that's why he was taken out of that. I think it was the Titans game. He missed right. a couple weeks. He had the full week off. And Arthur Smith said at the beginning of last week, like I think it was actually even last Sunday, it was a week ago, basically today, that he was going to be going to Desmond Ritter out of the bye and that they were going to be relying on Ritter down the stretch. Ritter wasn't having a great year. He had a lot of turnover issues, as I heard Mike was talking about. Um, but if you're looking at what he can do, with his feet, that's what kind of scares you as a Saints fan. At the same time, if they're, they're counting on Desmond Ritter to get them this win, but if they get this win, this is a confidence booster for this Atlanta team going into this very soft schedule and very soft stretch coming up, and you're giving Desmond Ritter that sort of vote of confidence by saying, hey, we believe in you to go pick up this gigantic division win against our most hated rival. Yeah, something you mentioned there that the Saints have been good at is getting those takeaways this season. And if the Falcons want to, you know, be so generous this Thanksgiving, yeah, give some lollipop throws, Desmond. We'll, we'll definitely take them. Or if he wants to take off, get in, you know your hand in there, punch the ball out. That's been well, his issue. He, he fumbles. He fumbles a lot. Right. So if you want to keep carrying the ball like a loaf of bread, we'll punch it out. Give me some peanut punches. <laughs> I mean, how many people know the peanut Tillman reference? Right. Ex so. Exactly. And I, I think that Go this, Cajuns. <laughs> uh, this this Saints team um, hasn't been able to get the pressures. Hopefully. Uh, an addition of like a Jason Pierre-Paul. He's someone in our Saints Sound Bank. Uh, we'll get to that audio after the first break to hear from him joining the Black and Gold. Uh, that can add to this pass rush. I'm not expecting, you know, any kind of miracle worker job from Pierre-Paul coming in. No. But it will be, I think, a little bit of, of a boost. And when we hear the audio, too, you can tell he's got a little bit of an attitude and swag to him. Yeah, the Saints pass rush has definitely been an issue this year as far as getting to the quarterback. Like, you know, pressures are fine, but getting those sack numbers up, like I think it's only 18 so far this season, if I'm correct, Steve, which is, you know, at the bottom of the NFL. It's not the bottom, but it's near the near bottom. Near the bottom, right. Um, so if you're looking at specifically the Saints pass rush, I mean, I think Bobby and Mike say it all the time. You're hoping to be around 40, maybe 50 if you're in the truly elite category of the NFL. Maybe at 18 through, you know, 10 games is not, not, not great. No, which is – Really surprising to me, I brought this up a lot, the fact that the turnover numbers are up this year. You're getting those takeaways, the interceptions, the the fumble the recoveries. Are down. But the sack numbers are down. You would think that'd be inverse because the pressures would be up on the quarterback that you're generating these more takeaways. So I really don't get it. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, but, but, I mean, hopefully if you can get to the Desmond Ritter. And I know that we've also talked about Cam Jordan and his kind of lack of sack production this season. Uh, you paid him for, you know, what he's going to provide you in the future, and he just hasn't really done that so far this year. Um, and DA had mentioned it earlier this past week that Cam would say that he could get the quarterback down better, like with how he's been playing so far this year. Uh, at the same time, though, this is a team that he traditionally loves playing against, Steve. So hopefully he can kind of get something going uh, and give him a little bit of a boost heading into the back half of the season. Seeing our callers lining up on the Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Line. Want to hear from you. 504-260-1870. Be back from the break. Dip into our Saints Sound Bank, like I said, here from Jason Pierre-Paul and more right here on WWL Saints Radio. Who that? Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. 
Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome into First Take. Steve Geller along with Charlie Long and Cullen Steele running master control, getting ready for a Saints Atlanta kickoff high noon right here on WWL Saints Radio. Black and Gold adding a piece to their pass rushing puzzle. Hopefully Jason Pierre-Paul can add something to this team. Here's what he had to say as the Black and Gold get ready to take on those Atlanta Falcons. Where do you feel like you are physically right now? Physically, I feel good. You know, um, I, I feel like I haven't missed a beat. Um, you know, I've been training all this whole, well, I can't call it all season, the, through the whole time that you know, I've been missing football. I've been training, keeping myself busy. Uh, so I haven't missed a beat. So. How do you feel like, like how has, has it been picking up the terminology and has it, has it been natural? It's different. It's the same thing. It's, you know, uh, obviously, uh, it's the same thing, but just different terminology and uh, different ways of saying things. And but once you know, I just I ask a lot of questions if I don't know something. So well, it's gonna be easy for me to figure out things and get right back on track. So what is the process for learning it? Like, is you going on like reciting it? Like, what do you what do you kind of do to kind of memorize it? Being on the field. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, obviously, you could be in the classroom, but a lot of guys learn differently. Uh, me, I'm when I'm out there. If I make a mistake, then I correct myself right then and there, and I ask the coach why you said this or said that, and then he'll explain to me, and then it's just I jot it down, and I won't do the same mistake twice. So it's basically just being out there and, and getting a feel for it. As far as 14 uh, is kind of unique for a D lineman, mm-hmm. did you pick it? Did they give it to you? Well, I picked it. You know what I mean? It's my 14 year, so you know what I mean. Obviously, nine was taken, and uh, this is my 14 year, so I'm gonna do a lot of great things with that number. When you say you can bring a lot to this team. This team only has like 18 sacks. Was that one of those things where they kind of talk to you and said, hey, specifically? No, I'm not. You know, at the end of the day, playing football is playing football to me. You know, sacks come, you know, bunches. You know, I've been playing this game well enough that, know that, you know, you might have 18 sacks, but this week you can have 20, 25, 30. You know, they come in bunches. You don't never know. I feel like as long as you keep working towards that goal, you know, you'll get you'll get there. But for me personally, I just know what I can bring to the table. That's every that's uh, bringing the whole defense together all around. So what was it like during those times when you weren't playing football? Like, how, how tough was that for you? Uh, you know, it, it's been it's been a minute. You know, uh, you know, obviously I. I, uh, I transitioned well, you know what I mean? I done been in this position plenty of time, especially with my injuries, you know, broken neck, you know, fireworks incident, you know, so I was able to experience that side of non-football, you know, coming in, you know, mid-season, but throughout the whole time, I just know how to keep myself, you know, in shape and, you know, as soon as I get the car, I just plug in. Just like last year, I was with the Ravens. You know, I plugged in and went, and, and I did a pretty good job there. You know, and now I'm here. So, I'm, like I said, I'm just plug in and, and keep going and, and, and showing what I can do. Fourteen. What are, what are some of the things like with that knowledge that you feel like makes you a better player just being around for 14 years? For being out for 14 years, man, two Super Bowls, and I just know how to do it. You know, so. Because I, I don't see a lot of things in football, so it's not really new to me. Seeing, like I said, it's different terminology, and I just got to figure it out. You know, it's how hard you want to play and be out there. So 
I want to play and, and, and be out there, so it's just how hard I'm going to figure it out. New Saints defensive end Jason Pierre-Paul, we heard him saying, wearing the number 14, number 14, because 14 years in the NFL, Charlie. Hopefully uh, this veteran can come in and add some kind of spark to this pass rush because it's been pretty surprising that it just really hasn't been there this year, and you wonder – uh, is that are they missing a guy like Ryan Nielsen yelling at them uh, every day? Uh, just really a surprise to me how how much the pass rush has dropped off. I do wonder if that was part of the reason why Atlanta went and got Nielsen is because they've been so bad at sack production for like years Absolutely and years right. and years. Like that's been their Achilles' heel. But yeah, if you're looking at it right now, 18 sacks. That's the number in 10 games. And that is what, that's like third worst, up tied with third worst, I think, it's, in the NFL? It's, it's around there. It's like bottom of the barrel. I think it's only really in front of like the, the Giants, I'm pretty sure. I, like, I'll double check it. Yeah, and, and obviously sack numbers, that can be deceiving. You know, you want to talk about being able to still generate pressure on a quarterback, but that's that's something I think that goes, that's been hand in hand with this team. It's not like, oh, they're getting this massive amount of pressure applied to QBs, just not getting home. It just really hasn't been there this season, surprisingly. I, and I know that they've had a lot of change up front, but I just didn't expect this much of a drop-off in pressure numbers. Yeah, so it's only ahead of Carolina and Chicago. Oof. Yeah, you, you know? don't want to be in any group with them. I remember when we were previewing Chicago, I was just like, oh, yeah, they don't get any sacks. Like, we, we should have a great game on the offensive line and stuff like that. But, I mean, if you look in comparison to who's leading the NFL in Baltimore, 44 sacks. Wow. So that's a pretty big, you know. Roquan's been a bad man over there, huh? Oh, my goodness. You want to talk about, like, going from one Hall of Fame linebacker to maybe another future (laughs) one. Like, Roquan Smith is legit. Checking out our Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text line. We got Shake It Down Daddy on the line. Want to hear from you, 504-260-1870. What you got for us today, Shake It Down? Hey, Houdat Nation, bringing it back. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Hey, I just – I just want to talk about Taysom Hill for a minute. I, I just want to say he's the only rusher we've had this year that has any kind of average per carry. He got his exhibit in the Hall of Fame. I don't, you know, took his shoes. I don't know if he took his current shoes he plays with because the following week he's not in the game plan. Yeah. So I just, I just feel like you know he needs to be. I think it's uh, seven carries or more. Right. Eighteen and one. It, it don't take an engineer to figure this out. You know he needs to be in the game plan big time. And Kendra Miller, I'm gonna say you know disappointed because we reached deep. We reached deep to get Kendra, and, and he's just been very unavailable this year. He's been hurt, and there's no doubt, and no offense against Kendra, we'd be taking Spears if we had to do this again. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Uh, that's You'd also be looking thought, at the Bond chain too. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, he's, got, yeah. he's been fantastic in Miami. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. Spears has just been – Spears has just been there, man. He's just been there. But I just feel like we need – you know, how many times have you seen Bill Belichick on his knees as a, as a D coordinator takes over him – with his with his linebackers and, and he'll, he'll go back and you know on, on his sidelines you know da you know da can maybe you know try to pump these guys up with you know, the absence of nielsen maybe we get some more cap you know some more sacks maybe i don't know but just feel like we need uh we need something you know we need something and um i don't know i just wish we would uh we get this running game consistent and uh you know it ain't all on car i think car hasn't played up to his ability maybe but right. you know that the protection wasn't the pre- protection wasn't there early so the assessment really couldn't be made the protection's gotten better, but I don't know, man. It's a, it's, it's a group thing, too. So and here's your uh, thing about about Taysom Shake It Down. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, he's had nine or more carries in three games this year. Yeah, I mean, Steve, can you guess which three games he's had nine or more carries in? Hmm, definitely the game against the Colts. So he had nine or more carries against Carolina in okay. week two. He had nine carries for 75 yards. Win. Okay. 
He had nine carries, 63 yards, seven yards per carry against the Colts. You were right. Congratulations. Ding, ding, ding. Win. 11 carries. Season high, 11 carries for 52 yards against the Chicago Bears. Win. I mean, we've talked about the stat about seven or more carries. Right. This year, I mean, outside of those three games where he's had nine or more, he's been under five in every single game. I just don't under I don't understand it. Like maybe it's that they game plan once they get a lead, they sure. start kind of using him to kind of wear down the opposing defense even further or something like that, just because he's such a physical runner. But it seems like this guy just needs to be more involved. And yes. I 100 percent agree with you. Shake it down. Like the stats just say it right there. To me, yeah, Taysom's definitely more of that spark for this offense. You need to get involved early and often. And after having you know 11 carries versus Chicago, as Shake It Down said against Minnesota, he was not a part of the game plan at all. He had one carry, and guess what? They lose that game. So if you're looking at, you know, it's almost like a win condition, so to speak. It, it's just like the sample size is too big at this point. Get this guy the football. Like, he's got to be involved in the offensive game plan. Yeah, unfortunately, too, Shake It Down mentioned the fact that really Kendra Miller and also Jamal Williams, both of those additions to this backfield have been really letdowns for this team. I, I think it's the running game Man. in overall. Yeah, it really has You could been. say, Kamara, you've seen some of those flashes of that matrix ability, but uh, even he's had a tough go. And I think the offensive line has been better, better against the pass, though. Not so great with, in helping the run game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, at times you'll see, like, I think we talked about the yards after contact is abysmal <laughs> on this team. So, like, once – you know, the runner gets hit, whether it be just past the line of scrimmage, at the line of scrimmage, they're not getting much after contact. And that's definitely an issue as well. You want to be able to break free of a couple of tackles and be able to spark a big play. See, we also got another call asking about when's the last time, if at any, that the Saints, LSU, and Tulane all won on the same weekend. I went back and looked it up. Uh, from what I can tell, the closest they've gotten recently was October 7th through 8th where the Saints beat the Patriots, LSU beat Missouri, but Tulane was on a bye that week. I'm like, drats. Okay, so let me look a little <laughs> bit further back. So what happened is happened once this year, right? The, in September 16th through 18th, when the Saints beat the Panthers, LSU beat Mississippi State, and Tulane beat Southern Miss. So we're going to hopefully make that two with what happened this past weekend. Obviously, Tulane beating UT San Antonio and LSU beating Texas A&M. Hopefully, the Saints can make it the trifecta for the second time this year. Uh, by taking down the Dirty Birds. Yeah, we had Tulane having a Black Friday game along with the uh, the Dolphins and Jets game that day. Yeah, so you're, you're looking at the, the Falcons' upcoming opponent. The Jets are right after this. Like, the Saints have to play the Lions. So if they drop this game, they have a really tough opponent up next. Uh, obviously Who's having plenty of rest Superdome. to Detroit, obviously. Yes, they get a, co a couple extra days of rest having played that Thanksgiving Day game. But now they're coming to the Dome. They're the toughest team remaining on the Saints' schedule uh, it's going to be a really it's going to be a battle in the Superdome for them the Saints to potentially be able to pull it out. Meanwhile, on the opposite side, the Falcons are traveling to New York in the Meadowlands to face the Jets. And I mean, once again, are are they starting Zach Wilson? Are they starting Tim Boyle? Like, what's the deal here? Yeah, you, it's not Aaron Rodgers. The, you're facing. the Jets have a pretty formidable defense, but man, nothing on that offense all, has gotten anything they going. They can't do it all. And, uh, and I'm really I mean, surprised with the run game even there too, just being so abysmal. Yeah, did you see that? Like Robert Sala threw Brees Hall under the bus. Like you're, you got this patchwork offensive line. You got a quarterback that's got more interceptions than he's thrown touchdowns from dating back to college, and you're going to blame your second round running back from a couple of years ago that has actually been one of the bright spots on the team. Yeah, pretty odd there. I don't know. 
I uh, want to hear from you on the Oakland Hard Jewelers talking sex line, 504-260-1870 here on First Take. Going to take a break and be right back with more of our Saints Sound Bank after this here on WWL. Our Oakland Hard Jewelers Rolex time check, two hours, 22 minutes, 222 until a noon kickoff in Atlanta between the five and five Saints and the four and six Falcons. A uh, big part expected to be uh, this game will be Taysom Hill, the man that does it all, St. Swiss Army Knife. Here's what he had to say as the black and gold get ready to take on those dirty birds. How is it different now approaching for the Falcons, given you kind of know what they're doing there with Ryan Nielsen, yeah. the defensive coordinator? Yeah, look, I mean, there, there's no secret. Like, this is a big game for us, big game for them, um, division rival. And, you know, Nielsen's familiar with us. We're familiar with what he's doing. But, um, look, it's it's always a big game when we play those guys. And, um, you know, we're, uh, we'll are we be ready to roll. And, you know, we know what's at stake. Do you feel like the bye week came at a good time? And just for you personally, what were some of the things that you worked on? Yeah, I think the bye week was uh, came at a good time. You know, it's it, it was a little bit late, but mm-hmm. I think when you get late in the season and you start to think, you know, we've been going since July, and then you know, week eleven is that what week eleven bye week? Um, the the goal is to get your body back. You know, um, take that time to recover. You know, mentally, physically, and and that's really what I did. One of the things that Dennis Allen even mentioned this week is starting fast, both on offense and defense, has continued to be talked mm-hmm. about in the bye week. With you guys being in first place heading into this game, does that maybe help a little bit, wanting to keep hold of first place in the NFC South? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, we, like like I said, we, we know what's at stake here, you know. Um, we know where, where we're at in the division. We know where they're at, and... Um, you know, the nice thing is we haven't played our best football, I don't feel like yet, and, and we feel like that's in front of us. But um, we, we have the ability to control our destiny right now, you know, and that's that's really what where you want to be. And, um, you know, starting fast and, and, and doing that is is definitely, you know, keys to victory. What are some of the things you guys are looking to do to achieve that goal of playing your best football? You know, I think as you look back through the through the self scout over the bye week, it was just little little mistakes, whether it was penalties, you know, missed assignments, um, you know, mental errors, different things like that. So I think the emphasis has been making sure that we don't beat ourselves, you know, and I think that's where we have struggled offensively was when we did that. And we've seen, you know, shift in the last really six six weeks offensively and we haven't been putting ourselves in those situations so continue to do those things and um you know tighten up on on all the little details and you know everything that we want is there along with that how how much is it getting the run going early in this game too yeah you know look the run game yeah i think that that's been an area emphasis where i feel like we need to we need to be a little bit better at um but at the end of the day, you know, you, you take what the defense is giving you. So if they're going to load the box and, and uh, you know, make us throw it, then we're going to throw it. And um, when there's advantageous looks to run it, then then we'll do it. So, look, it's not one of those things that I think that, that we have to do. It's we're going to we're going to do what the defense, you know, gives us and and uh, ultimately do whatever it takes to to get a win. Last year, coming out of the bye, you guys were able to go on a tear to end the season. Is that something that you guys need to kind of get around mentally in order to start that now? You know, I think it gets a, it gets a little bit hard if you start to think so far in the future. Um, 
where I think the the area focuses, hey, one game at a time. We know what this game means to us. And but I will say, you know, DA talks about it. All the good teams that we've been a part of, you know, put streaks together. And um, you know, we know that that's an important thing. We know that we control our destiny right now, but um, we got to get this one first. That's the Mormon Missile, the Saint Swiss Army Knife, Taysom Hill. Charlie's got a rushing TD in three of his past four games and also has 81 rushing yards and rushing TDs in the last road meeting uh, uh, for the Saints. Definitely someone you want to see get more involved in this team. It was pretty inexplicable to me last game about the lack of usage of Taysom. So we gave the stats about Taysom and how when the Saints give him nine or more carries in games this year, they're 3-0. and they can't give him one carry for six yards. Come in this on, game. right? Like, come on, get him involved. He's got to be involved because, as our caller said earlier, he's been a gigantic part of this rushing attack. The rushing attack has been substandard. It's been subaverage, and, and to get it going, I mean, he is the premier sort of spark plug player that could help get this rushing game going. So, yeah, one carry for six yards would be unacceptable today for for Taysom Hill. He's got to be involved against this Falcons defense. And the Falcons defense has been improved under new defensive coordinator Ryan Nielsen. But at the same time, they're still not elite necessarily. They've kind of come back down to earth. They got off to a pretty good start. But in the recent weeks during their three-game losing streak, they've lost a lot of their swagger that they had early on. I thought the last game against the Vikings early on in the matchup this Saints run game to me was getting going. They were able to get some yardage, and they just kind of abandoned it. Well, I get the fact that you fell into the hole, yes. but then after a certain point where you were able to get some of that uh, that point differential back, they should have went back to the run game and just completely still ignored it. Correct. Once you got down to a one-possession game, Come you could on, have gotten right. back to the, the rushing attack, but when you go down you know, three possessions early on in this game, I get game, that. You, you got to kind of pass your way back into it. Um, and that's on the Saints defense for having their slow starts once again against the, the Vikings. So, you know, we mentioned earlier a fast start is definitely needed. Four quarters played from the Saints defense against this Falcons offense. That hasn't been very good this year. You can't give them any sort of early confidence. Just make sure to shut it down early on. Well, you and me aren't the only ones that think that Taysom Hill's a big part of this offense going forward. And obviously in today's game against Atlanta, here's what the great Deuce McAllister had to say. I'm interested to see how Atlanta, how they try to stop Taysom. Because some teams, they, they, they have the beef inside where they can pinch inside and they, they can bring guys off of the edge. But I don't know if the Falcons can really hold up by doing that. And so I want to know how they counter the Taysom Hill package. I mean, because if the Saints are able to double inside and you get that kick out on the outside, man, he's one-on-one with linebackers. And like you've talked about, he's had success against that defense. And so Ryan Nielsen, he knows, and and obviously Dennis Allen knows the weakness of that defense that Atlanta runs. But Taysom kind of gives you a different dimension from an offensive standpoint where this may be a game where Taysom, you're at at quarterback for 20 to 25 plays, and it's not because, you know, Derek is is hurt or you don't believe in Jameis. It's because you give me the best matchup and they have trouble stopping your package. There you heard from the great Deuce McAllister on what he'd like to see from the Saints' involvement with Taysom Hill in this matchup. Would love it. Would love it. 20 to 25 snaps at quarterback. Give it to me. I'm all about it. I'm all about it, too. I just don't know if the – if Carmichael and the rest of the offense are that committed to giving Taysom that many touches. It just, I don't know. I don't know, Steve. It, 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 it'll be interesting. There, though. There's a correlation between him getting touches and the Saints winning. It, it just, 
he needs to see more touches. Yeah, but besides even just the rushing attempts, I thought Taysom this year as a receiver being used more than ever has been pretty impressive, and, and I want I want to get him more involved in that as well, especially with a guy like Michael Thomas now not in the mix, you losing one of those physical over-the-middle receivers and kind of need that toughness. Sure, but there's a sense specifically with the offensive line um, if you're looking at how Taysom, if, if you know maybe an offensive line misses a block, but Taysom just bulldozes a defender. I mean, how how much confidence does that give the front as well? Like it's also a psychological part of the aspect. Whenever you see this, as you call him, the Mormon missile, just bulldozing <laughs> and running over people, uh, and just giving his all every single time he's got the ball and running, you know, downhill. So yeah, I mean, I, I still want to see him. Sure, get involved a little bit in the passing game, but the running game is where I really want to see him get going because the Saints' rushing attack. I think it's still averaging around like 100 yards per game. It's like right. it's kind of middle to bottom, middle of the pack, so to speak. Um, so, yeah, I mean, get it going, get Taysom his carries, and we'll see what happens. So uh, Definitely love what Taysom Hill brings with that, that kind of attitude, that uh, swagger to this squad. Uh, going to our Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Line, can hear from you, 504-260-1870. Our boy Jimmy and Gretna, what you got for us today, Jimmy? What's up, Jimmy? Hey, y'all, look, I'm excited. Happy Thanksgiving week, by the way. And, uh, man, I'm tired, dude. I ate too much. Ah. Uh, look, I tried to put in a request for a hall pass with my wife to take the midnight train to Georgia <laughs> and go see Atlanta. I see a lot of Louisiana friends of mine are in Atlanta right now. I think there's going to be a lot of hoodats in that stadium today. You know, I kind of I kind of uh, burned my hall pass. I was at the uh, dollar store for the Black Friday sales. I was camped out there, Steve and Charlie, all night the other night trying to get those uh, bargain deals. There you know you what go, I'm there saying? You go. The door's open. But, hey, look, in all seriousness, and, and people, maybe younger generations listening to this show right now are like, ah, what, what's the deal with the Saints and the Falcons? Hey, it goes back. It mm-hmm. goes back to what happened when we blocked the punt. Steve Gleason, the return game, all that. The division over the years, so many great games. You know, they had a journalist. And, again, it's a morbid reality, but you got to keep in mind that journalist in Atlanta one time made fun of Steve Gleason's disability. I'll leave it at that. And that's a low blow, right? Just like when the Bears right, the made Katrina. fun of yeah, Katrina, right? The Katrina joke. And I get it. Not all Bears fans and Falcons fans are like that, but – I'm just trying to paint a picture that this stuff runs deep. It's been going on for a while, but we've been taking over that stadium. And, and you guys made a good point. Where's Jamal Williams been at? The Pokemon man. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I think we need to see a lot of Taysom. He's a freak of nature at 33. Just, I'm just, uh, it's amazing what he's doing at this age because typically Mother Nature, uh, Father Time, whatever you want to call it, always wins and he just he's still running over 21 year old linebackers <laughs> yep I, I don't get it so look y'all have a great weekend go saying to that uh beat the dirty birds and we're gonna take it home tonight got it jimmy listen so the falcons posted this on their twitter page and it was i think cam jordan going against a you know offensive tackle uh and it said the best rivalry in the nfl that's what they posted and I saw a lot of people saying, oh, it's not even top 10. Like, it's not even, like, in my top 20 rivalries in the NFL. And they're listing all these, like, AFC North rivalries and, you know, NFC North rivalries and stuff like that. I'm like, 
just growing up in the South, the Saints Falcons is legit. It is one of the best rivalries in football. And all the people that are just saying, oh, it's not even top 10 and stuff like that, they just don't know what they're talking about. Now, the Saints have had the advantage recently. Since 2019, they've won six of the last seven versus the Falcons, including three straight. Right. So that's not much of a so, rivalry right specifically there. Specifically against <laughs> Arthur Smith, the Saints have kind of had their numbers, so to speak. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not. Super even recently, the Saints have had the edge specifically since, you know, the Sean Payton Drew Brees days. But even recently with Dennis Allen, that's a team that he's been able to beat pretty often uh, is that Atlanta Falcons, those dirty birds. All time, though, that ri- the rivalry is it's like pretty split. Dead. I think it's dead even, isn't it? It's right. Like I think it's like 54-54 or something like that. Yeah, something along those lines. But I just know that recently the Saints, since 2019, six of seven and three straight versus well, Atlanta. When we get back from the break, get into some of our betting picks for today's game's action in the NFL. Be right back with more here on first take after this welcome back into first take closing things out here going to get into our best bet segment brought to you by bet 365 looking at saints at falcons in this matchup the black and gold are actually a two point road favorite uh it started out with the falcons on the other side but uh through the week uh and odds makers now have the black and gold uh, giving two points to the Dirty Birds at home. I still like the New Orleans Saints in this matchup to win the game outright and obviously cover. I, I just think that it's going to be a tight one, but I think it'll end up being more than a two-point spread. Yeah, the swing is kind of impressive because I remember when we were doing pick six back on Tuesday, the Falcons were one-point favorites in this game. So now I guess a lot of money's been coming on the Saints in this one. Now it's all the way to two points. The over-under set at 41.5. I, I kind of lean towards taking the over. Um, I hope that the Saints defense kind of gets things going earlier, but I'm just not really really ready to bet on that just yet until I see it happen. I mean, those last five games, they've just been giving up points in bunches. So I think I'd probably take the over in the, uh, as 41 and a half as well. And, uh, also around the NFC South, they got Tennessee three and a half point favorites versus Carolina. Over under for that one set at 36. That shows how bad that game is. <laughs> and then Indianapolis three point favorites versus Tampa Bay. Now, uh, Charlie and Steve, uh, me, y'all talking about Taysom Hill earlier. Joined by the Cajun Cannon here on Impromptu First Take Guest. Taysom Hill earlier. Yes. If he's not involved in the game plan, you got to be kidding me. You know why? (laughs) Who do you think he's been most successful against any other NFL team? Those dirty birds. He's a Falcon killer. I got some numbers. Oh, it's unbelievable. Can't wait. That's a tease for First Take coming up at 10 a.m., folks, with the Cajun Cannon. Has some numbers on Taysom Hill. And yeah, we've been talking about it. Everybody wanting to see more. Preaching it to the choir. More Hill, please. Get him involved. Sneaky Pete, I know you're listening to us pregame. Bobby, you love reading off that stat about (laughs) seven or more carries, but I'm, I'm sure you heard us talking about it. He's only had more than seven carries three times this year. It's been he's carried twice, nine times twice and then 11 times once. The Saints have won all three of those games. So it's just a matter of getting him the ball early and often, getting him involved, as Du said uh, in that bite, that you know, giving him maybe 20 or so snaps from the quarterback position and seeing where we can go from there. Just get him involved in the offense. Well, uh, as a runner or a passer, he's kicked Atlanta's behind. Now, wait, you don't, we don't view him as a passing quarterback, right? But he's passed against Atlanta, and he's run against Atlanta. Yeah, he beat uh, them as a starter. Hey, hey, so, Derek Carr, uh, don't you want to just win the game? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, be a be team player. Is that be a team mm. player? Yeah, I think that mix of, you know, obviously Taysom Hill coming in. For a quarterback, I don't know how, you know, distracting that can be, but it's been working for the Saints. Drew Brees was all, all on board with it, and I'm sure Derek Carr doesn't take any offense when Taysom Hill does come into the game. If you're winning, you shouldn't. 
I mean, shoot, like if you're getting all those carries and picking up wins because Taysom Hill's bulldozing 22-year-old linebackers at, you know, his 33 years of age, like, yeah, I mean, that should fire you up on the sidelines. You shouldn't be envious that you're not in the game. You're winning football games. That's what you're here to do. That's what you're paid to do. We're closing out here. You're getting paid $150 million to be a team player. There you go. We're going to hear more from the Cajun Cannon coming up right after this on the Bud Light Countdown, the kickoff. Steve Geller and Charlie Long signing up for first take. Back with more right after this on WWL. Saints Radio, the community coffee, Saints Radio Network.